Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Emerson Dameron is about the Roaring Twenties, the potential Roaring Twenties, Shot Girl Summer, uh, whatever you want to call the potential horny 2021 uh, summer that we're about to have. Uh, there are four articles referenced in this piece. All four articles are listed in this podcast description, one of which Emerson wrote. That's why we're focused on that today. Uh, another thing that's in this podcast description is our Patreon account. Please consider donating at you, me, them, everybody.com. It's on our about page as well. It's incredibly easy to donate. A hundred percent of those funds go back into the show to pay for things like web hosting artists that design our stuff. All the stuff that we used to collect at shows that we are, have not been able to do for over a year. That's why we now have a Patreon account. Without further ado, here's the show. The way this works is you send me a handful of things you want to talk about like a month or so in advance, and then we talk about those things. And this is something that you wrote in December and something I think a lot of people have been thinking about. It's it's pretty much like a return to normalcy after the pandemic. Is that fair? Right. Or so some whatever comes after the old yeah. normalcy. And your piece was from December's Four Ways to Make Friends Again When the Pandemic is Over. It's a comedic piece. It's not exactly satire. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's not really satirizing anything, but there's definitely some hyperbole for yeah. uh, comedic effect. And um, since then, we've shared a handful of articles together. What do you think is going to happen? I know that's a very vague question, but specifically when it comes to people using the term the Roaring Twenties, do you think that's oh, going God. to happen? Um, I think it's things are going to be a lot more awkward than people are anticipating. Okay. Um, as someone who has dealt with social anxiety for most of my life, I think um, people are underestimating how weird it's going to feel to get back out there after all of this. And I think people, there might be some overly optimistic plans being made. Okay. Can't both of those things be true? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Therefore, is the term Roaring Twenties incorrect? I mean, I think we're all hoping for the best. Mm -hmm. um, there, the economic stimulus will probably show some positive effects and you know, seeing live music again is going to be a trip. I think there are some things that will be more fun than we're anticipating just because mm -hmm. completely going cold turkey on fun for a year will certainly have the uh, effect of enhancing the experience of having fun, especially if you're the kind of person that had a lot of fun before as a matter of course. Mm -hmm. But it also might be uncomfortably intense at first. Do you think it's fair to say that whatever's already there will just be exacerbated? So if you already have those social anxiety issues, they're going to be exacerbated. And if you already are an extrovert, you're going to be more of an extrovert? Perhaps. I think we've just gone through the biggest behavioral science experiment of all time. And... Uh, it's hard to say exactly how people are going to come out of that. I think one of the things that I'm concerned about just purely from a personal perspective is rushing the process of, of grief. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But, um, 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But almost all of the articles that we've shared over the last few days do mention that. Yeah, I it, I think it would be pretty negligent not to bring that up. I don't think anyone is saying, you know, it's just going to be an unconditional Bach and all. You sent me, we're ready for the pandemic to end, so are brands from Vox. Why did you send this to me? Because uh, I found it hilarious. What uh, about it specifically? Well, it revolves around uh, an ad for something called Suit Supply uh, mm-hmm. that basically... Um, spins on the idea that this summer is going to be an orgy. Sure. It has the same kind of uh, fried out Robert Palmer video aesthetic that you might remember from the American apparel ads in the, Mm -hmm. in the Audis. And uh, yeah, I think it's playing into the idea that uh, we're all going to be beasts when the summer comes. And I think that's something uh, some consumer brands might want to encourage because it's something they can make money off of, especially liquor and other things that have been hurt a lot by the lockdowns. Mm, And uh, liquor sales haven't really gone down. Well, I think it's the more people are drinking at home for sure. Exactly. I thought it was interesting when the lockdowns first started, there was a controversy here about whether or not to shut down liquor stores. Mm-hmm. And if you did shut down liquor stores, a certain number of people are going to get delirium tremens and die. Yeah. And yeah. that's going to be on your hands. So they ended up leaving those open as an essential service. And so yeah, I think, yeah, like alcohol consumption overall is probably level, but the that whole bar hookup world is a lot of people are hoping it comes back maybe some people are encouraging it to come back faster than it it that might be optimal for some folks i'm so looking forward to it and i'm not even participating i mean i yeah i i it'll be nice to see to be in uh around people that are having a good time again Mm -hmm. um what the piece I sent you uh, from uh, Insider, Hot Vac Summer is coming and it's set to be a blissful release of pent up horniness. What did you think of this piece? Well, I think they should, the, the proper uh, nomenclature should be Shot Girl Summer. <laughs> I, I saw that on Instagram somewhere. I like that. That's good. Um, I, like that. I, I thought it was kind of sweet. I mean, because mm-hmm. they, they interviewed a lot of people that. Uh, I think some of them were uh, lived in a polyamory-based commune in Brooklyn, and uh, most of them were, uh, you know, obviously very sensual people that have been deprived of that lifestyle for a year uh, over health concerns. And uh, most of them have big plans to, to lay it on when the summertime comes, assuming that everyone is vaccinated. And I think the, I was kind of touched by the optimism and Mm -hmm. I hope it goes well. I think it it could be very strange uh, to, to get back out there when you've been inside for this long. And um, I, I think it could also, 
any kind of really intense experience like that will dredge up things that are unexpected. Sure. Uh, this piece is also the first one to have a personal anecdote about grief due to the pandemic. Right. Which you probably don't see coming because it's like 30 graphs in. and <laughs> After a lot of just uh, talk, general talk of horniness. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it's a it's a friend of the show actually talking about how uh, someone in her life passed away due to the coronavirus. Therefore, it put a kibosh on her plans to explore things like the Kama Sutra. Which oh, I right. They, and they were going to, like, I think she and her partner were going to turn that into a project. Mm-hmm. Where, like, because they were locked down, they were going to explore all of this crazy sex stuff. And then she was just hit in the stomach with this grief and wasn't able to do that. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. What I want to know is how long after your grandfather dies, is it really going to affect things? Possibly longer than you think. Apparently. Uh, Cause I think because everyone's in such a hurry all the time. Uh, one of the things that gets rushed is that, that grieving process. That's and fair. especially when it's, it's the New Year's Eve curse mm-hmm. when you're when something has a time box on it. Mm. Uh, it call it prompts people to act in ways that might not be optimal for them in that time. Now, what did you think of this piece? Uh, Good, you mean- bad, uh, hilarious, like the other one. Respectful. What What was your take? You mean the uh, the hot vax summer one? Yeah, the Business Insider article. Yeah, I thought uh, at at first, just the uh, the the use of language had me laughing a lot because I could kind of hear the people's voices, mm-hmm. and then that anecdote about grief changed the tenor of it considerably. I thought mm-hmm. it was a really good piece. I was entertained by it. Yeah. And it didn't. It I liked it because it also didn't make a broad sweeping statement of this is going to happen or this is not going to happen. Right, and I think the way that they transcribed the way that people are talking about their plans was uh, was very. It was a lot of fun to read, and but uh, and you could kind of. And I thought the most of the people's optimism was endearing. I'm always rooting for the optimists. I'm not that good at optimism. I think I'm a pessimist in my hardwiring, but... Well, speaking of pessimism, the last article you share is uh, Substacks from Derek Barry's where returning to normal is any of this normal. Not a lot of humor here. Not a lot of fun here. Not a lot of optimism here. No, it's pretty... The tone is very sincere. Why did you send this to me? Uh, well, I thought the... Um analogy with the movie sound of metal was really interesting. Okay. Uh, that's about a drummer who goes deaf and, um, is on a, on a mission to get his hearing back, but at the same time is kind of adapting to the, this new reality of, uh, losing the sense gate that, up to that point, his whole life had revolved around just because the only thing he cares about is music. And he desperately wants that back, but he's confronted with this starkly different reality that um, he, you know, he has to adapt to at least to get through moment to moment. Uh, And then when he does in the end, get some version of his hearing back, 
it's kind of disappointing. Like, not only is it probably imperfect compared to what he remembered or what he was expecting, you know, what he what he constructed in his mind is what this would be like. But he's also just a different character at this point because of the way that he's adapted to different circumstances. So that's another thing I would advise people to be mindful of. Sure. Uh, if they're if they're planning on recreating a lot of things that were fun in the past, you know, our memories are unreliable. We might not be remembering those things exactly the way that they happened. And most of us are very have changed more in the last year than maybe we did over the course of our lives prior to that, especially if there was a lot of grief involved. Sure. Now, I respect everything you just said. And I understand why you're saying what you're saying. It. I hated this article so much. <laughs> why? What did you hate about it? Uh, there's two specific uh, parts. One part is at the top. One part's at the bottom. Uh, predictions of the Roaring Twenties return were cast over a year ago. This is a different century, though. One in which the center can't hold. There is no middle ground when there's this much distance between us, financially, philosophically, everything. We're rushing to a place that no longer exists. I would respectfully say that's a hundred percent incorrect. Uh, never in the history of mankind have we been more connected ever. There is a bigger middle ground than ever. Um, th- there's beauty in this. This is from a substack. In the Roaring Twenties, there weren't substacks. Yes, there were like eight <laughs> daily newspapers in major American cities, but look at who was writing for those eight daily newspapers in those American cities. It was predominantly straight white men or people pretending to be straight white men. This is the most beautiful time this is the most beautiful time ever when it comes to a diversity of voices. So to say that there's no middle ground, fine. Why is that? That's actually wrong though. There's like a billion different middle grounds and that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Yeah. I think the ways in which there is, was never any middle ground are more conspicuous now. So, okay. I already disagree with the premise from the start. So that's already a bad way for me to like jump on board of this. Yeah, he's going to have to win you back now. Let's see if he can do it. And then here we, there's another one. Um, Sorry, I apologize to the listener at home. We can hope for better. This is right before we get to our Sound of Metal part. We can hope for better. We can scream about it on social media, but without action, hope is impotent. Once again, I respectfully disagree. What did we talk about last week? Do you remember? I believe the, the potency of hope. They kind of, but specifically meditation and Sharon Saul's. Right, yeah. To dismiss that is offensive and almost completely misses the point of human existence. And you would say that he's dismissing that? He is dismissing it, and I'll I'll get to why. It's the next few sentences. Rushing back to revisit our terrible habits is guaranteed to create more suffering. Nope, disagree. Tragically, we appear primed to follow this path. Not necessarily. Claiming the higher moral ground might make individuals feel better about the choices they've made, but unless the entire society pushes back against the coming tide, we'll all be swept away. Once again, completely disagree. Here's why. (laughs) Broad general statements like all blank, no one. That's never, never true. It's very rarely true. You're doing it now. You're saying never. Very rarely true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe low probability or high probability is a healthier way to look at things. And these are the things that matter. But because we're talking about low probability or high probability, that is the stuff that is elevated. That is the same 
what's going on today in today's news cycle for the listener at home? We're recording this on Thursday, March 25th. Overnight and then and this morning, uh, one of the major stories is that some of the stuff that's being elevated on social media platforms is essentially vaccine misinformation where uh, parts of uh, studies are being elevated where it seems that things aren't safe. When in fact, in reality, it's like the safest vaccine and the effective rate is insanely high. You see what I mean? This is AstraZeneca getting dinged. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Like not they fudging reported, their numbers. Yeah, where... they reported 79%, but it's actually 76% and still right. no hospitalizations. That's still one of the most effective vaccines in the world ever created. But it seems like it's, oh, they're, it's not safe. That's not true at all. Well, it's a good thing to be pedantic about. But I, I think, yeah, there's no, it's not binary safe or unsafe. It's always exactly. going to be on a spectrum. And this is an article that writes in the binary all or none. And almost instantly, I'm like, I'm, this is not how the world works. And maybe I'm thinking of this more because I'm consuming media I don't necessarily agree with because I miss that bar interaction. I miss that social interaction where I'm hearing. I don't really hear from people I don't agree with right now. And I think right. it's not uncommon for me and, and pretty much anyone that's following guidelines to not hear stuff they don't agree with. So I'm watching an, an Adam Curtis documentary. I really don't like it. I don't think it's well done. I'm trying, I'm watching it to understand the appeal of it. Um, he's a, he's a B, uh, BBC documentarian <laughs> who does kind of a cut and paste style yeah. where he gets a lot of clips and, and ties them together in a narrative that's exactly. not always really clear what his big Extremely idea is. Extremely broad generalizations here no it's time a vaguely it's anti-capitalist but other than that fine. it's a little vague totally fine right and i'm also reading the topeka scroll by ben lerner it's um new york times best fiction or whatever from a few years ago and mm -hmm. one of the characters did you ever read that no okay one of the characters is in high school and he's like a debate team whatever and they show him presenting both sides of the argument and i completely forgot about that that's like the whole point of debate team and thinking about that, reading that book, reading this article, knowing that you could easily just switch the all to never or all to everyone or no one, it's it. the middle is actually everything, right? The middle is the majority of people's lives. And to say all or none, it, why are we even doing this? What's the point of this? But also, I like, <laughs> I'm kind of all over the map here, but I promise I'm getting back to what we're talking about. I do believe we're going to have a roaring 20s. I do believe that. We're not going to necessarily be trying to be recreating anything. You said the word recreating. I don't believe we're going to be creating new things, beautiful things. That's part of evolution. You mentioned evolution. This is all part of that. We need to be able to see, not we, I hope that we can all see both sides of it. And both things can be true at the exact same time. It doesn't make either situation false. This writer brings up a lot of good stuff. Derek Barry's. His opening about the spring breakers in Miami, it's like they're getting shot at with pepper spray balls because they're black. Of course, yeah. that is not shocking whatsoever. I we all that. learned a lot more about that this year. Yeah, but but here's the thing. Did we? I didn't. And this is this goes back to my age and your age. I'm 38. You're also in that range. 42, I've, yeah. I don't know if you're comfortable revealing. Um, I've, I've, I've made peace with it. <laughs> I've interviewed, I've revisited 
um, the entire month of March with everyone, most everyone that was on my last live show, which was on February 29th, 2020. Two of which are very funny comics out of Brooklyn. And um, one moved back home to L.A. and one moved back home to Virginia during the global pandemic. And both are incredibly huge Bernie supporters, right? Uh-huh. And over the last four years, they really were they became like actionable items, right? They they weren't they weren't politically active before the 2016 election. And I get it. I totally get it. But I'm like a teenage kid that like got steal this book and <laughs> was like <laughs> listening to punk rock records and zines at like 14, 15, 16. So when you say like, oh, we learned a lot, we didn't learn a lot. Some people caught up to where I've always, not always, but since I've been a teenager, have where my head has been. Does this make sense? Yeah. And in defense of, of Barris's article, I think he was being absolutist uh, in because it's a polemic. Uh, I get I, that. I get yeah, that. my guess is that he, he was trying to take a strong position because um, I would say that collectively we have taken in a lot of new information about uh, civil rights and you know put the police presence in marginalized communities and a lot of other things um, because there it's created new opportunities to do that. One of the jokes that I got sick of immediately uh, as soon as this started was, well, I was already social distancing mm-hmm. uh, because uh, in some ways it, it was kind of my initial experience was, well, you know, if we're forced to stay home and stay inside, in some ways that does make things easier for me because I do have kind of a built-in resistance to going out and interacting with people. But um, I, I think it's what he's encouraging people to do and what I would also encourage people to do is to slow down and recognize some of the uh, expectations that we have. Like if this does turn into the roaring 20s, what do we want to look like? Where does that idea come from? And integrate some of the experiences that we've had in the last year. And I think for some people that means, you know, getting getting an, an education about police violence and other issues like that that wasn't really available before or wasn't really as in your mm. faith. Don't I mean, I, no. I I get. I think you're you might be more up on those things than than the average person. Sure, but that doesn't. But that's once again we're saying it wasn't available. That's not true. It just wasn't. it was available. I don't think yeah. it was quite. It was not out there quite the way it was over the summer. Exactly. But that doesn't mean it wasn't available. That's, these are the things that matter. We're not like a lot of those kids were not born in 92 when the LA riots happened. Sure. But it doesn't, you said we, we need to blank. This goes back to last week. I respectfully disagree. You I'm probably mostly talking about myself, I guess. There we go. And I think that's I don't, how we I, I don't know do. what other people's lived experience is like. I exactly. have to take their word for it. Exactly. You don't guess what? You don't have to. You could think everyone's a liar. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the the way I, okay. This is, goes back to the Salzburg thing and I think that she is still the way to do it and 
her plus Mr. Rogers are still like the guiding principles right now in my life. That's the dream team. And it brings me back to the Adam Curtis stuff. He's against capitalism. He's against this. And the one I'm walking is watching is hypernormalization, right? And he's essentially saying like Jane Fonda gave up her socialist ideas because she did workout videos at one point. I yeah, that's BS. She's protesting that. She's part of that uh, environmental protest in Minnesota right now. I think yeah, she like, definitely still has political commitment. But it's this also idea like, you know, people could do more than one thing at one time. And yeah, very much. Self-care is incredibly important. And hopefully that's one of the biggest things that this summer has brought. The Black Lives Movement matter is very uh, aware of this shit. Like Black Joy is a real important thing. It's not something to just dismiss as uh, frivolity. Frivolity is important in our lives. That's the things that give us hope. So when these writers, these articles say like, well, there's no hope. Why are we doing anything then? Why are we protesting then? Why, why is there a movement then? The whole point of the movement is hope. Yeah, I, I would hope that no one is trying to eliminate hope from people's lives. I think it it's more article. about a part of being hopeful in a healthy way is integrating our experiences. And I think it's, not, it's important to not just rush headlong into the next thing. No, I disagree. Here's why. <laughs> Just because you rush headlong into the next thing doesn't mean you forgot about the other thing. You bring that along with you. I think bringing it along with you is a practice. I mean, in my experience, it is tempting to just run away from painful things and kind of act like they didn't happen, but eventually they'll catch up with you. Sure. But that's again, that's the Salzburg thing. That's the in a weird way, that's the Mr. Rogers thing. It's it's all a part of you, man. Like Yeah, you well you but you have to really feel that grief. And that's hard. Don't disagree. Don't disagree. So if anything, it's just like feel the grief, but feel but there is hope. Feel the grief and do shot girl summer anyway. Yeah, that's what's the problem? Just make sure you're having safe sex, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, use use what you learned about respecting people's health and take that into the next life. Yeah, this isn't complicated, and that's always a positive thing. One last diatribe about all this, please. The, the thing, the, the thing that really bums me out about not one of the things that bums me out about this article he uses the word hope five times, and he actually links to like a bunch of stuff that he wrote over the course of twenty twenty that is hopeful. But he also has the line, we'll wait until after mass shootings to discuss our national gun fetish. Hope something get done, then forget about it until the next mass shooting. Once again, respectfully disagree. And then we get back to, we can hope for better. We can even scream about it on social media, but without action, hope is impotent. Okay, so this brings me back to the Adam, Adam Curtis doc and the other piece, not the other pieces, but the Adam Curtis doc, right? Yeah. Do you have a gun? No. I don't have a gun. Um, are, I grew up around them. Uh, I actually took hunter's safety training in junior high school when I was 14, but I do not own a gun currently, and I never, I've never want a gun? one of my own. No, I don't. Okay. Um, I don't want a gun. I think all guns should be melted, and you should have to use a knife to kill anything you want to kill, or else you don't get to kill it. And we may be closer to that after, because the, the NRA seems to be collapsing under its own weight. I don't know if you followed that at all. I have, but I, I, okay, I want you to be right. I've said for years, guns should be melted, gun ranges should be illegal. If you want to shoot something, go to a batting cage, try to hit a dinger. Like, that's more difficult and more rewarding than shooting a gun. 
And it felt okay. it felt like we might be close after Sandy Hook happened. Like exactly. Obama was crying on TV about it. Exactly. And, and it didn't happen then. So okay, so to say that like people's trauma, people's pain, because they're not a hundred percent of the time protesting, they're <laughs> Not no, I, I don't done. think anyone really expects that. Well, so, I, I don't think the vast majority of people expect everyone to be protesting all this. So time. what? Are, so what's what are what is the average person supposed to be doing about gun violence other than having no guns in their lives, compl- like saying what their thoughts and beliefs are about guns, not supporting certain things? Like, there's a there's a point in this where the personal responsibility is more important than everything else and i have no guns i am against guns i want all guns to be melted i also realize i have zero power to take away anyone else's gun not because i don't think it should be illegal or legal i think they should all be illegal once again what am i supposed to do now i mean yeah there's there's an if there's a if there's a prop on the california ballot to ban ar-15s i will get out and campaign for that but it's like okay great good for you I don't think it matters. <laughs> I want you to be right, but it, there's the. It, I don't think that matters. I don't think it hurts. No, it but, doesn't. Hurt. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, hurt. I think the. Um, it's hard to know what's going to matter. I mean, you, you. I think we could slow down and be more aware of our experience and try to feel our emotions and kind of recognize when we're acting from cognitive biases and not seeing things in a way that's helpful or accurate and try to act from that. And it's hard to know how that's going to, how that's going to affect things. You know, it could be some kind of butterfly effect where it really has a huge impact that wasn't anticipated at all. I, and I think all I would encourage people to do is just recognize that things are changing all the time. It's going to be different from what you expected. It might be weirder and more awkward than you expected. And um, yeah, just recognize that things don't, happen on predictable timelines yeah just be cool pretty much and if you know anybody with a gun take the gun and melt it yeah does strongly discourage them from using it if, if no, you no, no, melt it it's, it's up to you to melt the gun find a fire pit and throw the gun in the fire pit and then make a if you're uh, aesthetically inclined, you can make a cool sculpture out of it and give that to them, which will enhance their lives much more than gun ownership would have. If you need inspiration, season three, episode eighteen of Twin Peaks, Agent Cooper takes a gun and puts it in a deep fryer. What's stopping oh, you right. from doing that? That's an action item. Yeah, if you base your entire life around Twin Peaks, the return you should be fine. You, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at you, me, them, everybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody. Dot com. Our Patreon page is on our About page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. 
at sign Y-M-T-E. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping, friends and family I'll be keeping. 